Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We welcome you back in. It is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM with Michael Lombardi. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher. Patrick back on the show tomorrow. And a shout out as always to Matt Santos, our outstanding producer behind the glass here at our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. Michael, we turn our attention to some of the injury news and notes affecting a lot of lines moving mm-hmm. as they traditionally do on this Wednesday with a bunch of injury reports coming out uh, here a couple hours ago. And the one we'll be following, especially for Sunday night, as it's Pittsburgh and Miami. Seeing the Dolphins here on the odd screen tick up now to pretty much a blanket touchdown favorite. Quarterback for the Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, he has cleared concussion protocol, likely to get the start back after missing the last few weeks. While Kenny Pickett, the Steeler rookie QB, they are saying, at least on the Mike Tomlin front in Pittsburgh, he is going to start if he passes concussion protocol. But that if has turned into a – it's a much bigger if than it seemingly used to be, Michael. And yeah, it, it's sort of like no what, 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 do we, what do we know and where do we go here with, uh, with how the concussion protocol has evolved even over the past uh, month in season here in the NFL? Well, I mean, look, here's the reality. Uh, the last three weeks, who's ever played quarterback for the Miami Dolphins has left the game with a concussion. Tua against Cincinnati, Teddy Bridgewater in the game against the Jets, and then last week, Skylar Thompson, who actually I thought was playing really well. I watched that game again this morning, and I'm thinking, not because I recommended Miami as the dog at home, but I thought, you know, and he was playing really well, and then they had to go back to Teddy, and all of a sudden everything fell apart. So I could see why they're up there in terms of the points against a Pittsburgh defense that played their hearts out, but, you know, is still not very good. Uh, you know, getting Tua back will help. I mean, what's shocking is, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, is is how bad Miami has become with explosive plays. I mean, you would think because of the receivers they have, you know, that they would be improved. But since, you know, and this has nothing to do with Tua being out, the, their explosive plays have gone way down and they can't seem to find a way. They're 22nd in the league in, in making those kind of plays. And when they don't really run the football effectively, it, you know, their offense tends to break down. The holding calls, the penalties in that game, they had 10 penalties against Minnesota, which is ultimately the reason they lost the game. 
even though, even a game where Miami, you, and you mentioned this, how you liked at least thinking that the Dolphins would be the value as a home dog last week, they more than doubled Minnesota's yardage output, more than doubled first downs, had a big edge in time of possession, but the turnover margin is always something that is far and away the, the biggest decision maker of what ends up happening in the final score in these games. And so you, you flip it forward and you just wonder, all right, you think about the explosive plays being way down here. You think about Miami's uh, inability to avoid shooting themselves in the foot like they did last week. And a Pittsburgh defense that is kind of in that spot, even though the personnel is not close to where Mike Tomlin hoped it would be, has been very aggressive. And it's kind of been a boomer bust type defense. Got away with it and were able to frustrate Tom Brady last week. Do you see the, the same things playing out Sunday night, given all those issues we've talked about for the Miami side? You know, I would have said probably, you know, I mean, if Trubisky starts, I think it's going to be hard. First of all, Howard's going to take away their number two receiver, whoever that will be. Is it Claypool? Is it going to be Pickens? And then they're going to double Johnson and try to force that. We've also heard some word. The reason Trubisky got bitched, uh, benched was because of Dion, of Johnson being unhappy. He wasn't getting the ball in, in the last game against the Jets. At, you know, so... I mean, look, this Miami defense pushed Minnesota around. I mean, they really did. Minnesota made a couple explosive plays in the game. I think they had 15 drives. 13 of them ended in punts. Think about that, Chad. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Ben. Think about that one. I mean, like, that's really remarkable. So I I, I am a little confused on Miami. I mean, they beat Baltimore with a great comeback. You know, are they really good on defense? I don't know. You know, I think they play way too much man-to-man. And I think if you can throw the ball on them, especially attack their other corner with Nick Needham out now with an injury, I think you can make some plays. The Trubisky thing last week, 9-12, 144 yards in relief with the touchdown. Is this like, the guy comes out, he's been benched. It just looked like a player who had nothing to lose whatsoever, was just yeah. free-winging it. How real is something like that? And can you actually expect that to carry over if he does, in fact, start here? I can't imagine it could carry over, especially considering when he puts when the pressure of him having to play well is on there. I mean, you think about that. I mean, you know, it, it's challenging for him to do that. But I'll say this for Mike Tomlin's defense is they were able to get a lot of incomplete passes in that game. They're fourth in the National Football League in terms of the ball hitting the ground with their defense. Fourth. You would never know that, right? You would never realize that. You would think that they just give up a bunch of yards. But they're actually fourth in that category, which I think is an important category. How many incompletions are are you forcing your opponent to throw, right? How many of those can you, and how many do you complete? That's why it's so important, and we're seeing less and less teams. I mean, Marcus Mariota had, what did he have, one incomplete pass in the game? He only threw it 11 times. He's 10 for 11. They won the game. So give Pittsburgh credit. It's going to be a hard, the hard part about playing Miami is tackling. You've got to tackle the talent, and two is very good at read option. But here's what's going to happen now. The RPO game that's been successful is really a three-dimensional game. It's not I'm going to hand the ball off to the back and I'm reading the will linebacker. It's I hand the ball off to the back, I read the will, or I run myself, right? Well, that run myself, I think, is out of the Miami offense. They're not going to run Tua. They can't risk running Tua. So I think you're going to see a lot of screaming down the line from the ends to take it away, and the Will linebacker's not going to run it. And you, as a result of that, you wonder, like, what is this line if T.J. Watt is representing the ability, at least from an edge rusher, to then supplement him with, with the outside linebacker specifically? That you would think it would it would matter a great deal considering everything about Tua and the lack we would think lack of aggressiveness you're going to see with him running the ball. 
that's not entirely there for Pittsburgh. So it's like, where does that come from now? And that's the big question you'd have. Probably why we've seen this line go up here a tick uh, up to the seven, uh, along with the quarterback issues there and, and the uncertainty of whether Pickett actually gets the start here. I, that's what I would at least think, Michael. Yeah, I, I mean, I would too. I mean, look, to me, I, I think the hard part, you know, one of the reasons why we're seeing rushing averages go up is because of the element of the quarterback being so involved in the run, in the run game. We see it in Cleveland. We see it in, in Philadelphia. You know, we, we see it with Buffalo. We see it with Kansas City. And even though he's not involved, his movement creates problems. Uh, and so that's why it is. But when you when the quarterback can't run for fear of getting hit, and he will get hit, because if he has another concussion, Ben, where are they? what do they do? You think he's playing again this year if he has another concussion? I would doubt that. They've got to protect him. And, and so far, what, what the evidence we've seen in three weeks, they haven't been able to do it against Minnesota, you know, against, uh, against Cincinnati. They haven't been able to protect or against the Jets. Three straight losses with three different quarterbacks all taking snaps in that specific time span there for Miami. And you think now about how, yes, the concussion protocol, how that has changed in season. It's not just Miami it's impacting. A lot of other teams where there are big question marks now going forward for these weekly injury reports, one of which is in San Francisco. You just mentioned the Kansas yeah. City team and how they're now using the run more often. Chiefs go to San Francisco and have caught a lot of money this week. Kansas City from minus one on the opener, now up to minus three. Big reason why? Could be seven defensive starters out for San Francisco compared to two weeks ago when they last played at home. And Talanoa Hofanga, who has made this massive leap as a former fifth-round draft pick, he is firmly in that concussion protocol right now. What do you possibly expect this Niner defense to look like if, if all those guys, we're not really sure how many of them are, are good to go. They're all in that questionable camp right now here, but not trending toward the good at least this week. No, and this is a game you got to have all your guys up front. I mean, you know, Armstead they said is probably not not doesn't have a chance to play. They think Nick Bosa does have a chance to play. You got to be really good up front. And and what's happened to to San Francisco is not only are they have the injuries on defense, McGlinchey got hurt in that Atlanta game. So now they've got both tackles are out. We don't know if Trent Williams is going to be back either. You know, their their kicker had a knee problem and Robbie Gould. So I mean, this team is really good after six weeks. I think they have the potential to be an elite defense. But one thing about the NFL that's different than college is when you go to backups in the NFL, all of a sudden you're not the same team. I mean, Atlanta, without even really trying to throw the ball, ran the ball effectively against San Francisco's eight-man front and really didn't have any problem. And that's rare to see that. They were the best run yards per attempt team in the league going into that game. And yet Atlanta was able to run the football effectively, which I don't think you know would happen ever. I mean, they gained 168 yards in the game. They doubled the last two teams that have played them. And Marcus Mariota only threw one incompletion, which for Mariota, as good as he's been as a running quarterback, it's not like he's been a beacon of offensive passing efficiency so far. And only one incompletion, wild. And so far the list now, just so people who know it, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Shaverius Ward, Telenoa Hofanga mentioned those guys already, and Jimmy Ward combined with the three already on IR, Aziz Alshire, Emmanuel Mosley, and Jason Verrett. Uh, so seven of those eight have been injured here over the past you couple weeks. Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, yes, as well. He's also now on IR. So there's been nine overall, IR. seven I mean, the last two weeks. I mean, so this is like they're playing their B team out there. You know, and, and what happened? They couldn't force a turnover, right? They had three turnovers in the game. And, and the other thing, when you watch this Atlanta-San Francisco game, 
I mean, for whatever you think, I mean, they had ample opportunity, but boy, their execution was horrendous. They had more drop passes in that game than they should have. I mean, they had an opportunity to make a few plays and they couldn't do it because they're, they, they didn't execute. They got so many moving pieces. They turned the ball over three times. One of the turnovers was at the end of the first half, so that kind of doesn't really count. But when you turn the ball over and they lost to Denver, they turned it over three times. They lost to Atlanta, they turned it over three times. We did this exercise yesterday, Michael, with, with Pritch when he was on the desk thinking about where's the value, especially in the NFC. Hard not to keep coming back to a San Francisco or Dallas teams that are still 8-9-1. to one. Maybe the buy-low point is if those injuries, depending yeah. on this report, if they continue to pile up, if the Chiefs go into the Levi Stadium and win Sunday, and that's a 3-4 and four Niner team likely in double digits to win the NFC. Isn't that the, isn't that the perfect buy-low spot for oh, San Francisco? Oh, yeah. Fran? And then they, got the Ram, they have the Rams after that, then they have the buy. they got to get to the buy and find a way to win one of the next two weeks. They really do. So that's a, that is a big couple-week stretch here, San Francisco back home. All the money, it has been so lopsided so far. All the bets coming to KC so far this week. We also want to get Michael's thoughts on the award situation in the NFL. We're six weeks in. We've got some futures, some awards to discuss, some more big games to preview, as well as Harry Gagnon, the Against All Odds co-host on that podcast side. Harry will join us later this hour as we roll on here on the Lombardi Line. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you have not subscribed yet, VEASAN has a midseason offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $99 and get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You'll get everything VEASAN has to offer, including our 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides to College Bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rates. And you'll also get VEASAN subscriber-only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and the World Cup, which is about a month away, starting from... A month from tomorrow, exactly, November 20th. That is the best bet in the game. $99 for VEASAN Pro now through the Super Bowl. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
A lot of moves, Michael, when it relates to the futures board. We have awards to get into. We also have some win totals. We've been mentioning these for individual teams we're talking about. But a lot of teams now seeing either moves to the good or to the bad here. And we're trying to decipher what of these teams still have value at this point in the season. We just talked about San Francisco and Atlanta and how impressed you were with the way Atlanta was able to run right at that eight-man front of San Francisco and how efficient Marcus Mariota was as well. And you think about where they're at relative to the preseason win total. Uh, at BetMGM, we've, we've got all the data right in front of us. Falcons were in that as low as five-and-a-half preseason. They're up to, they were up at least going into last week in a game where they were home dogs to six-and-a-half. Now they're at seven and a half, highest number they have been the Falcons all season. Can you see Atlanta getting to eight wins this year? And a team that is now also, Michael, by the way, gone from 20 to one to win the NFC South. They're all the way down to seven to one with how they are tied atop that division along with Tampa Bay. Well, I mean, there's nobody in the South that looks like the, the team that can win it, right? They, they lost to New Orleans in the opening game, but really they had a chance to win that. They just lost by a point, couldn't put the game away. I, I, I've really been impressed with Arthur Smith and his ability to coach the team and his ability to find a way to run the ball the last two weeks without his best runner, you know, without without Cordell Patterson. I mean, when he had Patterson, you know, in the first three weeks of the season, really up until the Cleveland game, you know, they were averaging almost 180 yards a game rushing. They were very effective. And now they lost them. They're still averaging about 160 yards rushing per game. I mean, think about this, Ben. That they've won they've won two of the last three games. Could have easily could have easily, you know, had a chance to beat in Cleveland, uh, Tampa, if they don't get that horrible call. They they've thrown for 131, 110, 121 yards. That's what they've thrown for, yeah. you know. And and where they've improved, especially against San Francisco last week, which was remarkable. They held San Francisco to 50 yards rushing. I know they got behind 14 to nothing, but that game became 14 to 14. That game became 14 to 14. So it wasn't like they were out of it, and, and San Francisco was out of it, and they couldn't run. So they have, they have really, for me, they have exceeded all expectations, and I think a lot of it goes to Arthur Smith's ability to, to use Marcus Mariota and the skills that he has because I don't think they're a talented team whatsoever. Well, on the defensive side is what would have to still hold you back a little bit. If you're actually looking to run to the window and make a bet on them for a season-long win total or even, even on a game-by-game basis where the market is still not really perceiving that this is a defense worth backing, 26 yards per play allowed, 26 EPA per play, and you go to Cincinnati this week. Bengals have seen a good deal of market support, even though, again, getting over uh, half the money, at least in these bets so far, even though we saw that readjusted from the look ahead of six and a half, Cincinnati now laying six this week against Atlanta. Isn't that the real crux, though, of, of what to try to make of the Falcons? Can the defense at least get to a point where they're more middle of the pack as opposed to being bottom quarter of the league? Well, I mean, look, they're, they're 29th in red zone defense, right? But they're only 14th in incompletions thrown against them, right? And, and they're, they're 16th in points per play allowed against them. So there's some numbers that kind of show up. What's remarkable is, is they're 14th in, in, in incompletions and they're 32nd in sacks per pass against them, which is remarkable. And they get better as the game goes on. They're the 12th best team in the second half. So... I mean, as much as I don't like them, they're a little bit like the New York football Giants. They stay resilient. They stay within the game. You know, they're not great on third down. The Giants are. But they're able to to create these incomplete passes with their coverages, which really helps. I mean, think about this. If I had told you that the Falcon defense is 14th in, uh, in, in forcing incomplete passes and the Packers defense is 32nd, oh. you know, what would you – I mean, like, seriously – 
How is that? How are those two? Well, I mean, the, Atlanta does a really good job of coaching each week on who their opponents are. Yeah, and that's well. There was one thing right coming into the season for all the personnel issues on Atlanta. You still figured, okay, maybe the one bright spot outside of having Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson as legit playmakers on offense would have been the secondary. They most of the grading systems had them as the that best unit by far on the defense, but. When you talk about not getting any pressure, you mentioned the, the fewest sacks per pass attempt of any defense, and yet you're still at least in a top-half ranking for forcing incompletions. That's where I wonder how sustainable is it going to be, and we'll find out really quickly against the Cincinnati offense that is starting to show a little more cohesion and in the second half specifically really torched New Orleans with using their playmakers like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Yeah, I, I think to me that was a welcome sign of relief for Cincinnati to be able to find themselves. I mean... You know, they they had not been able to make explosive plays. They're 22nd in the league in explosive plays. And, you know, they're one of the worst teams in getting first downs per game. And, you know, they're 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 one of the worst teams on in in, in third down offense as well. They can't really run the football. So, you know, they're not really great at that. This is kind of a game, I think it's a scary game for Cincinnati in the sense that, you know, I think Dean Peace has been in Baltimore before, so he's played against this team, understands it. He kind of understands what you have to do. You got to take Chase away, and you've got to force the ball somewhere else, and you've got to be able to continue to put pressure on Joe Burrow, who's 25th in the league and getting hit. I mean, Joe Burrow gets hit too much. Now Atlanta's not a great team at doing that. Both these offensive line, Atlanta's 29th in the league in protecting mm-hmm. the quarterback. This team, Cincinnati, is 25th. I think this is going to be a little bit of a defensive struggle between two de- good good defensive coaches. Even though I don't like Atlanta's defense. But when Cincinnati can't make explosive plays, they can't score in the 20s. That's why we're seeing that total, 47.5. It's been a theme throughout the day. Scoring way down, as Michael, you were mentioning, over the past decade now. There's only been one of the year with fewer points per game output on average through the first six weeks of the season than what we're having right now. Cincinnati laying six in that particular spot. But you juxtapose at least Atlanta. We're thinking, okay, is is the 7.5 a bet now to the over you'd really want to make but you think about the rest of the division, and Tampa Bay is a team now that has seen its win total stock falling, dropping a whole win as they really lead our list here, Michael, of teams who've seen win totals adjusted out at MGM in season. Tampa has all sorts of issues. You th- you go to Pittsburgh as a double-digit favorite. Steelers have nobody in the secondary, and you lose the game outright with 20-18. to 18. Quarterback Tom Brady's at Robert Kraft's wedding and misses the walkthrough before the game. Uh, 10.5 is now your adjusted number. At what point do you feel like there is going to be a bet worth making on Tampa if if you are believing that eventually they'll get things turned around? Look, I think Tom is one of the greatest players of all time, but Tom is like a lot of players. He needs a specific skill set around him, okay? And, And this isn't revolutionary, but this is a little bit like building a team. When you have certain quarterbacks, you have to design the team around the quarterback, what he does well. Tom Brady has always, historically, since he's been in the league, has wanted to throw the ball in between the numbers. The numbers going up the sidelines, those numbers in there, that's what—that's his sweet spot. And so how do you get to that point? Okay, you have to have a tight end that can get in there. Gronk, Aaron Hernandez. He also wants a, a slot receiver that can win quickly. Elliman, Wes Welker, okay? He wants a halfback that can win option routes coming out of the backfield. Kevin Falk, James White. Does He has none of those things. None of those things in Tampa Bay. None. Okay? And you say, well, he needs more skill players. No. It, the Mike Evanses and the outside receivers to Brady, they're just afterthoughts. Yeah, he'll throw him the ball, make a play. 
But his basic points where he's gaining all his confidence is inside the numbers. And the Tampa Bucks have not done a good job of facilitating that. It's no different than the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. They don't mm-hmm. understand Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has to throw the ball inside the numbers. That's where he wants to. That's why Mark Andrews leads their, leads their team in receptions. But he doesn't have a nickelback, nor do they have a slot receiver, the Willie Sneed type of guy in there. And when you don't give the quarterback what he needs and you keep asking him to play outside his strengths, which is throw the ball outside, same for Brady, you get bad results. And when you think about that, the personnel issues that are now a base function of the Tampa Bay struggle so far, you really think they're going 8-3 and three the rest of the season? That's what it would take if you wanted to bet the win total over right now. Ten and yeah, a half. I mean, I mean look, that's where we're at. I mean, look, the, you know, and, and the other thing is they're not as good defensively as we'd hope. I think they losing Sue affects them, right? I, I think they haven't been able to really be as dominant against the run as they've needed to be and force the team to play left-handed, and they haven't been able to create the turnovers. I mean, the last two weeks they haven't created a turnover, Ben. They have not yeah. created a turnover. I mean, they've gone through two games clean, and they've, they're one and one in terms of the turnover takeaway. And let's face it, Atlanta Atlanta threw for 110 yards against them, but they ran for 151. That's the difference. Laying 11 this week. The Bucks are at Carolina. <laughs> that's a big number to lay against the Huge. defense. It's been pretty game. What what do you make that line? Uh, I had that line at 11-4-3. So right, right on. Partly because Carolina, I mean, we saw this last week against the Rams. I mean, defense, Carolina offensively, bad. It was, it was literally nothing. What's I had, the under? You know, I mean, I think it's, thir- what's it, 38 in the over-under here? 40 I mean, and a half, back. 48, 40, oh, half, 40 and I a half, mean, yeah. can, It's going to be hard to score 40 when, with one team that doesn't score. Uh, that is a great point. That we've seen that happen, especially last week for Carolina, and still wondering who is going to be the starting quarterback there for the Panthers. When we return, Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast. He has plays for Week 7. We'll check in with Harry right after this. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Welcome back in. Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher today. Back with Michael Lombardi, our final half hour on the Lombardi line. Pleased to welcome in Harry Gagnon, who we we are able to hear from every single Wednesday at this time on the show. You, you see him uh, at AAO Harry on Twitter. You hear him or see him. Uh, I know you're, you're posting some interesting videos there lately on the on the Twitter machine, Harry. We have to start giving out, what, warnings? We got Harry making picks in a bathtub. I mean, what, what's going, what's oh, going on there? Oh, you saw that, Ben? Sorry. I, I did see that, and I wish I hadn't, but I did see it. <laughs> Maybe I'll turn around my hockey picks. My hockey picks aren't that hot so far. Oh, I see what that is. Football's pretty good. Hockey a little, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was a solid week for you last week. Had the had the Bucks t- taking care of business. They, they killed you on the money line parlay last week. But, uh, Harry, sounds like you're going back to the well, though, on Tampa. We were just talking about that matchup. Bucks at Panthers here. We've seen that line tick as high as uh, 11 now. What are you thinking on, on the Bucks side after a really lackluster week a week ago there in Pittsburgh? It really was. Um, but uh, you know what? I am taking them coming right back with Tampa Bay. I'm going to lay the big number here. And I know they've only scored more than 21 points one time all year, and that was against Kansas City when they were just trying to play catch-up against the Chiefs. But this is a perfect game, I think, for Brady and the Bucks guys to get right. Uh, rumor of Carolina, possibly trade talks regarding Christian McCaffrey, the on-field incident last week uh, with Robbie Anderson leaving and now a Cardinal. Uh, the Carolina Panthers quarterbacks overall combined after six weeks, guys, four total passing touchdowns. That's it. And 
since Brady has been in Tampa Bay wearing a Buccaneers uniform, he's 4-0 straight up against Carolina. All three of, excuse me, all four of those games, he's won by double digits. Three of those by 23 or more. I'm going to take the Bucs and they roll Carolina, who's got a lot of problems. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think to me, you know, when we talk about Carolina trade McCaffrey, I, I asked somebody this in the league, like, like, what would Carolina, what would they get back? Well, Buffalo will give them their one. Why do you want Buffalo's one? It's going to be 29 or 28. Like, what good does mm-hmm. that do them to get to – the reason you're trading McCaffrey is because you want to get more arsenal to get up to get a quarterback, to get to the first – they might get the first pick in the draft just staying right where they are without trading their players. That makes a lot of sense, exactly, Mike. I mean, Carolina has to figure out something. It's rules gone a week ago. That's an on-field incident that happened last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are probably the worst team in the NFL right now. Couple other plays from uh, Harry again on the Against All Odds podcast. You can catch him with the rest of the Degenerate Trifecta, and then the. Uh, and we always like to mention Harry used to be a Las Vegas sportsbook supervisor here at the Red Rock, just across town in Vegas. But uh, Harry, you're looking toward the totals. Michael and I were just talking how these totals have really started to come down and get adjusted by books with how they are hitting it at a sixty percent clip here season wide. And you're looking at Chiefs and 49ers here this week. What's the angle on the total that you found? Yeah, I kind of like the under here. I think this is a big, a ton of points here at 48 and a half. I'm going to go with the under. The Bills' defense gave Kansas City fits. Kelsey was great, but he can't do everything. San Francisco's defense did give up, I know, 28 points last week. Uh, it was the first time all year that they've given up uh, 20 or more points. I think at home they will make uh, Mahomes really work for points. San Francisco averaging, giving up just eight points per game at home this season. I think this is a close one, guys. I don't know who wins this one. I think this is like a 23-17 game under 48 and a half. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think one thing about New Kansas City, I mean, all the numbers say they don't miss Tyreek Hill, you know, but when you watch them, you feel like they miss Tyreek Hill, but all the numbers say they don't, you know, and they're able to – I thought, other than the two mistakes Mahomes made, critical one in the red zone at the end of the game, you know they were they were hanging in there. I didn't feel like Buffalo played their A game. Uh, I think this to me is a no play, only because I can't be sure where San Francisco is defensively, and that's the strength of their team. They've got to be able to generate the, their offense through their defense. Yeah, losing Mosley a couple weeks ago, it's going to hurt them. He was he was the leading tackler, and he's been mm-hmm. fantastic in the secondary. But, I, yeah, just the situation here that I think overall, though, the San Francisco defense at home, different team. And, uh, you know, this Atlanta team, by the way, is a pretty, a pretty fun team to watch. They've scored 23 points or more in uh, five of their six games. So that was their one default, San Francisco, last week in right. Atlanta, going up 28. But I still think this game is going to be a scratch-and-claw type of game, and I think this game goes under. Yeah, Harry and I, we were both on the Bills last week. You're, you're sitting there, and usually it's like, all right, Patrick Mahomes, he has the ball last. You're going to have to sweat that out. And all of a sudden, just like that, it's over. Throws, throws the interception. Uh, Bills win the game, despite, as Michael said, playing less than their A game in that one Sunday. Uh, you mentioned the Falcons, though, Harry, a team that has been really fun to watch. They're the last undefeated team against the spread, still going at 6-0. Right. You have them in your portfolio this week, but in a, a different way. Uh, explain that, please, for us. How about this? How about how about a seven-point teaser? Everyone loves an NFL. Oh yeah, seven-point total teaser better better than that. Just a regular teaser. How about Atlanta and Cincinnati to go over seven-point teaser over forty, and Seattle and the Chargers to go over forty-four. Now, like I mentioned, this Falcons team is fun to watch. Mariota Mariota has been a decent. The running back by committee is really kind of working 
in Atlanta. I mentioned they scored 23 or more in five of those six games, and Cincinnati's offense looks like it's clicking. and looks like Jamar Chase is clicking uh, as well now after his two-touchdown performance last week against the Saints. And I'm going to take Seattle uh, and the Chargers over 44. Geno Smith, Seattle and Geno Smith are actually eighth in the NFL in scoring, but defensively, Seattle just 30th in points given, 30th in points given up, 30th against the yards given up. I think the Chargers, after a tough performance uh, on Monday night, not a lot of points. I think Herbert gets rolling here. Maybe they get Keenan Allen back. I'm reading too. So give me Atlanta, Cincinnati over 40, and Seattle and the Chargers over 44 and seven point tees. Well, I think both defenses will struggle, but here's what I like about your over on the one game. I mean, Seattle, uh, the Chargers are sixth in the league and getting off per second per play, which is, to me, lends itself to the over. And Seattle's 15th in the league in that category. I mean, they are much better in that than they were last year in terms of getting that done. They don't want to slow the pace down. They've been very good. So think, uh, my Apparently. most my most frustrating bet all season so far, Harry, was multiple overs I had in that Arizona Seattle game last week, where it's like they're moving the ball all over the place. I early on was like, all right, I'm definitely not winning the over fifty and a half, but went back How in in game on that, and it was just like so so agonizing. A I mean, how about trying to be score. an Arizona fan, Harry? You live in Arizona. How oh. would you like to be an Arizona fan and watch Murray not attempt to block, fumble the ball, almost play like he could care less? Because when he goes home, he opens up his bank account and he looks at it, he says, "I'm rich." Yeah, for just forty six and a half million. I mean, honestly, I mean. And then this is a team that's like I think I mentioned it to you guys a week or two ago. Weird team too, the Cardinals. They they have now lost heading into Thursday night's game uh, eight straight games at home. Maybe things change here because uh, you know they did pick up uh, Anderson from Carolina in a trade, and they get DeAndre Hopkins back. Yeah, and at least for Hopkins. I know that is one area you could potentially attack this. If as much as there's not much confidence you could have in backing either side here. Uh, would you look at all in the in the prop market here, Harry, when you think about uh, Hopkins' first game back since week 14 of 2021? I got one for you guys. Tell me what you think of this. I got DeAndre Hopkins at plus 750 to score the first touchdown of the game. And if you don't like that so much, how about plus 155 anytime touchdown? Oh, Finally, he's back to the cards. Finally, he's back to the cards. And they desperately need him. Has five touchdowns in his last five regular season games played. And in fact, he scored the first touchdown of the game in his last three games played. Check that out, guys. And he had the first touchdown of the game four times last year in just nine games played. And the last time he played the Saints, he scored twice in that game. So give me Hopkins at plus 750, first touchdown of the game, and at plus 155 anytime. Love it. I love it. I mean, you got to think something's got to change. At least they got to get Hopkins going. He'll throw him the ball. But, I mean, you're putting a lot of faith in a quarterback that I don't trust. I mean (laughs) – to me, he's, you know, for all this talk, he's this great player. The last, let's say the last half of the season last year and all this season, no, not at all. It's, hey, we at least know, Harry always comes on. We know we're going to get at least like a five to one or greater shot. So Harry, Harry has met his quota for, for, for the weekend. That the Hopkins first touchdown score also sprinkled on, on the anytime. I like that. I, I will say this. The last three games, Saints, everyone talked how great the Saints defense is going to be this year. The last three games. They're averaging giving up 30 points a game the last three seasons. That's no true. doubt. No that doubt. Really, when you watch it, they could have given up more, too. Uh, total mm-hmm. sitting at 44, 44 and a half in that one. And before we let you go, I know you have one more play to tell us about, Harry. Patriots-Bears Monday night. What's the angle here? I'm taking the Pats, man. I don't know if anybody, anybody loves 
or talents Western Kentucky's own Bailey Zappi more than me. I love this guy. Sal busts my chops, guys, all the time for bringing up Zappi's stats at Western Kentucky. But, I mean, they're on, unbelievable. 33 yards last year. He was short of 6,000. He had 62 passing touchdowns for the Hilltoppers. He's, been, he's looked fantastic. Leading this team uh, with uh, Mac Jones being out. Um, the Patriots six, have outscored their opponents the last two weeks. 67 to 15. Pats and Belichick are alive and well, and they have Chicago coming in. Uh, after that, the Pats get the Jets, the Colts, and the Jets again. All winnable games. Uh, again, I like the Zappy kid. He, he, they, I think they should pound the ball too with Stevenson, who's getting over five yards to carry. Uh, rely on the defense, and we know how awful the Chicago offense is. Give me the Patriots, and I'm going to lay the points here. We just uh, laid it. Ten and a half with Tampa Bay over the Panthers. Seven and a half with the Patriots against the Bears. Under 48 and a half and Chiefs 49ers in that seven-point teaser. Seahawks Chargers over 44. Falcons Bengals over 40. Little sprinkle on DeAndre Hopkins. First touchdown and anytime touchdown. Harry, great to catch up with you as always. Stay out of the bathtub, though, all right? Come on. (laughs) You got to take care, guys. Our Thursday night football preview is coming up next as we wrap up the show. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today. Take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Big thanks to our guest today, Chad Graff, athletic beat reporter for the New England Patriots, as well as Harry Gagnon, always ready to go with some Week 7 plays. 
And a big thanks to our crew as well, with our producer Matt Santos, Andrew Ingold, our technical director, a bunch of, a bunch of people behind the scenes as well to thank Mikhail, Sergio, Andre, uh, and many, many more every single day on the show. Uh, so, Michael, it's time. Thursday night football. Uh, are we? I, I said yesterday to Pritch, my over-under is like the 11-and-a-half-minute mark for the second quarter that Al Michaels makes some snide remark about this being like worthy of a number six game on Fox in the early window or something. That's what I'm setting the over-under at tomorrow. I don't know why everybody's so hard on the game. I mean, I love the game. I mean, look, it's football on Thursday night. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be a masterpiece. Just enjoy the moment. Okay. I mean, I know <laughs> Al's probably very upset that, you know, he's not at Toscano's in, in Brentwood having dinner at his back table, but – I would be upset, too, not being at Toscano's. It's so good. But the reality of it is is it's football Thursday night. Like, I'm not looking for a Picasso every week. Like, we're not going to get it this week. You know, I think there's some great storylines. I mean, if we just had people that would tell us the truth, Kyler Murray's not playing well, or Carson Wentz isn't good, or Ron Rivera didn't. You know, like, if we had Mm – we could make it more interesting. I mean, I, I hear this conversation all the time. When Monday Night Football back in the early days and Brent, can, it wasn't always the best teams, but the conversations were always interesting. Right. And you think about the uncertainty we have for these two teams and the line has gone back up to Arizona over the last 24 hours, as low as one and a half in the market. We're painted pretty much two and a halves everywhere. Some two still out there. And that's largely because uncertainty. And you think about storylines, Michael, the storyline for this game is on the injury front. And if you yeah. were wondering why is this Arizona line gone to the Cardinals, the team that has been so untrustworthy so far this year. That's because the Saints, once again, will be without two top wide receivers. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, likely to be out. Neither have practiced right. all week. We're not sure the status of Andy Dalton, who's now limited with a back injury. Head coach Dennis Allen, he's not going to commit who will be his starting quarterback. Oh, yeah, and then a left guard, Andres Pete, who's been one of the anchors of that offensive line. He's already been ruled out for Thursday. So how can we have any idea what we're getting out of the Saints offense tomorrow in that spot? Yeah, and, you know, look, they ran the ball really well against Cincinnati last week, and Kamara kind of became like the Kamara of old. And Taysom Hill was, you know, doing what he does in terms of, you know, the trick plays, the movement. And and I didn't think Andy Dalton hurt him. They just couldn't get stops at the end of the game. They missed tackles. I I mean, one of the problems is the health of of the Saints. I mean, they've got the lead. They were in control. If you took the Saints and the points in that game, you're scratching your head how you lost that game. You know, they had they moved the ball. Cincinnati moves the ball down the field to close it, I think, to 24 to 22. And then, you know, New Orleans does what typically a good team needs to do, and they move the ball down there, and they stall in the red zone, which has been one of Andy Dalton's biggest problems. And they got to settle for a field goal that really doesn't matter because the touchdown ends up beating them anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you just when you try to play the fourth quarter – with your with into the into your team, it becomes problematic, you know. And I think that that's ultimately what happens. And New Orleans just can't do that. I mean, they're just they don't have enough good players around there to win the second half. And I think that's the problem. They're the thirtieth worst team in the second half this year. One of the, and that is because of the lack of depth. Eventually, that shows up, right? Eventually, mm-hmm. it shows up. Arizona to me is a whole other story. They were the one of the worst teams in the first half. I thought they've improved defensively over the last three weeks. There's no doubt about that. You know, their third down defense, their ability to rush the passer, their red zone defense. But where they're just horrible is they can't make any plays. I mean, they can't get the ball in the end zone, and it takes you so long to get it going. And the quarterback is so inconsistent. He's so inconsistent with his throws. He's got Rondell Moore open over on a fourth down that should be it. It's a pitch and catch, and he throws it in the dirt, Mm -hmm. and everybody's mad at Rondell Moore. Well, make a better throw. 
And then add add the Kingsbury element into it. Like, why not take the points? Why not? Two, two, and four teams. I normally I would say, well, somebody's going to be three and four, but if the same game ended in a tie, would, would that really shock you at this point? And now you have Kling, Kith Kingsbury coming out and saying, maybe I'll give up play calling duties when there are zero other assistants on his staff who have ever called a single play in their careers on coaching staffs in the NFL. It just feels like a whole charade. Which what's going on there in Glendale? I, I think to me that there's. There, I think to me, and and I've been part of teams, and you could say everybody's rooting for everybody to make money, but but part of a core is every action you make towards giving somebody a huge contract has ripple effects to it, and when you give somebody who I don't think is well liked, I, I, and this is an observation, not not a fact. This is an opinion from afar. I don't think his teammates really love him. How could you? He wouldn't even try to throw a block for Rondell Moore. I mean, the guy was the only guy who sat on the bench when Buda Baker was out there getting attended, and the entire team went out there. And you reward him with all this money? And and I think there's a bit of indifference within the team. And I think, to me, they show with their play. The other factor going in this game, too, is their offensive line has not been good. The fact that he's able to elude sacks is one thing. But when teams rush him the right way, which Dennis Allen has to do, he becomes less effective. So I think there's internal issues inside there, as Harry talked about, and I think there's structural issues within their team. Justin Pugh, you talk about one of the reasons the offensive line has been in, has had such issues protecting Murray. It is the lack of health, and Pugh, who's been one of the mainstays for that line, he hasn't practiced all week. We also have seen the absolute disaster that the kicking game has been. Matt Prater is yet to practice this week. That's another questionable sign. How coming can they in. go into the game with Matt Amendola as I your kicker? No again? Idea. Like, how can you do that? Like, how? Why would you do it? Like, the guy is—he's scared to death to kick. The extra points are an adventure. Like, there's not another kicker out there that you couldn't find that's better than him. I mean, the guy—the guy has consistently proven he's not a a, a good kicker yet. He may change. I mean, I've seen enough kickers to know when they lack confidence in themselves, it doesn't get better. You, you're really gonna you're gonna waltz him out there in a in a close game and say, "Oh yeah, you can make this, Matt. No worries. Come on, give me a break." I, I don't know how you possibly could. And when you add in the fact that the Cardinals have lost their last eight home games dating back to last season, are welcoming in DeAndre Hopkins. That's at least a positive. But you have no idea how that's actually going to look considering the inconsistencies for Kyler Murray with an offense that's a 20th now on EPA per play basis throughout the season. You have to think, like, are the fans going to be kind of out for blood here early in this game? Sort of how we've talked about Denver's fans being very quick to turn on their team. Is that a, is that a thing we could see playing out? Because it would certainly make sense on given everything we know. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think, look, the, one thing about football fans is they kind of get a sense of whether team's good or whether team's not, even when they don't win. You know, like they were fortunate to beat the Raiders. Raiders are up 20 to nothing on them and let that game slip away. Of course, a couple calls in that game helped, but but still, you know, they let it, they let it slip away. So really, they're to me, they look more like a 1-5 team than they do like a 2-4 and four team. You know, when you watch them and the, the, just the play, the lethargic effort and the decision-making by the coaching staff, I got to say Vance Joseph has done a really good job of improving his team as the season went on. But remember, when they played Carolina, that's a 10-3 to game at halftime. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Carolina just couldn't complete a pass against them. You know, Carolina's inept, and they wore down defensively. So I, I don't see them turning this corner, even though New Orleans is hurt and beat up. I, I think that's, that's still going to be an issue. I, I don't trust them. I don't know how any better could trust Arizona 
and lay the points when that Matt Amadola is your field goal kicker, and and whether he makes an extra point or not is is up for debate. It's a huge question mark coming in. We've talked about this. Kickers do matter, especially in handicapping games on a week to week basis. And our pro tip is sort of uh, derived from that. Our Veasan pro tip of the hour, of which you see one an hour across all of our shows. That is twenty an hour here on Veasan, especially for these short week games. Pay attention and, and don't necessarily force a bet in before there is clarity on the injury report side. There are so many injuries at a game like this, both on the Saints and the Arizona side. No need to pigeon your, yourself, pigeonhole yourself into a position without any clarity. And I, for us, Michael, we're sitting here, it's kind of like throwing darts as to who is actually going to go, yeah. who isn't. If, if anything, you, it, all the signs kind of point to most of these guys sitting out. And if they do play, it'll be certainly at less than 100% this week. I think you have to take teams. If you don't do this, you're not. This is a pro betting tip too. I'll give you. If you don't eliminate teams from your card every week because of what you've seen, the inconsistencies that you've seen, then then you're not really a smart better. Like I would never bet Washington, even though I think that they'll play well against Green Bay. I wouldn't bet Washington. I don't trust Washington, and I don't trust Arizona for sure. I'm usually not. I have not bet any pregame Thursday night football this entire season. It's all been in game. It's just like, all right, let me just wait, watch yeah, a couple series, a how it, play, here, how, yeah, see how it plays out. Uh, Sometimes, you know, it can be profitable. Colts, Broncos was a great one. It was like, just keep hammering that under in game because it was obvious uh, nobody could move the ball. Great hanging out as always with you, Michael. This has been a blast. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Matt Santos. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to our producer, Matt Santos. As we say so long for the Lombardi line, it is VEASAN Big Bets. Dave Ross, I'm all Shaw, coming your way next. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 